Welcome to 900 Ackland Avenue. What follows is the service from December 25th, 2022. Merry Christmas and God bless you. Good morning. This is us. Merry Christmas. We'll begin with a reading from Isaiah chapter 9. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. You have enlarged the nation and increased their joy. They rejoice, rejoice before you as a people rejoice at the harvest, as warriors rejoice when dividing the plunder. For as in the day of Midian's defeat, you have shattered the yoke that burdens them, the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor. Every warrior's boot used in battle and every garment rolled in blood will be destined for burning, will be fuel for the fire. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Let's pray together. Father, we give you thanks for this day. We remember your son and the gift and his arrival, and we are so thankful. We're thankful for those who are gathered here. We're thankful for the mercy that you've shown us through your son. Bless us as we worship you now. It's in his name we pray. Amen. <clears throat>
O Lord, you who created the earth, you who created us, thank you. We pray here today and we remember your awesome power and we glorify your strength. We are reminded of that absolute joy that only you can bring in celebration of life and of hope and of promises upheld for all of time. I pray that you would instill this, this joy and an abundance of peace and healing for all we know who are sick, for Zora and Leanne and Brett and Pam and Robert and Jane and Ed and Aiden and Debbie and Christy and Stina and Chuck and Jackson and all of our missionaries. Please fill them with peace and with your presence. And we also pray for all who are suffering and for our country and for our world. Lord, let us rejoice in you along with the earth. Help us to marvel at the fact that you, in your infinite glory, you who made the heavens, chose to be among us and to sacrifice your life for us. Help us to bask in the wonder of your love. Today, we rejoice in you because yours is a glory for which every day is a new day to proclaim your greatness. And for you, there will always be a new song to sing. So thank you for your love and for your faithfulness, and thank you for coming and for your promise to come again. In the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, amen. Two, all three.
be a song after this. <clears throat> Good morning, everyone. Christmas is here, and it is so good to be together on Christmas. I confess that when I was a kid, I was always bummed when Sunday was Christmas Day, because I didn't want to leave the house, I wanted to play with my toys, but at some point in life, I got to where I got excited when Christmas fell on a Sunday, because y'all are my people, right? And I like to see y'all on Christmas Day. It's just kind of fun to be together. Uh, and to sing, Larry, thank you so much for those songs and for the scriptures and the prayers, Cosette, thank you so much, and Paul. And it's good to see folks uh, that are in town. It's good to see the Simons in town from Rona. What a blessing to see y'all and to be together. So Advent is a season uh, of waiting. And Christmas is a small sign that, that the waiting is worth it. And that if we wait and hope the day finally comes, I bet some of you were so excited last night, you had a hard time falling asleep, especially you kids were pumped. And some of you probably woke up, yeah, Luca in the back, thank you. I miss Luca uh, waving at me here in service and now scared him off, right? But uh, some of you probably woke up before your alarm because you're just so excited, right? And, and it is a sign of the anticipation some of you are like, it's still really cold, and I'm waiting for summer, and it is not here yet, right? So, as we talked about last week, when Shannon and Anna Marie shared stories of Alaska and the shortest day of the year and all that type of stuff, this is a season of learning how to wait and how to anticipate. And today, Christmas Day, is a small sign, a small token that waiting is worth it, and the day will really come as we are patient. So, of course, our scripture comes from Luke 2, and it's the story of the birth of Jesus. And if you'd like to stand and join in with me with the bold section, feel free. This is Luke chapter 2, 1 through 20. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth and Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger, because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them. The glory of the Lord shone around them. They were terrified. But the angel said to them together, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, the Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. Thank you. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. 
When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told about the child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds had said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. This is God's word. You may be seated. So this morning we're talking about signs, signs of hope, just as the shepherds are told. This will be a sign to you that you will find a baby in a manger. Signs are symbols, tokens that are given to us in anticipation that something is coming in our future that we're looking forward to. In many ways, signs tie something from the past to something in the future. I've got a couple of signs that I'm wearing today, okay? I'm wearing a bow tie. Uh, because for years, Paul Prill preached here for 30 years, and he often wore bow ties. So every now and then, I like to wear a bow tie. just kind of a shout-out to that legacy. And it, it's a sign, right? And it reminds us of, of the past, Paul's many years of service, and our continued relationship with Paul. I know he's a bunch of family in town this weekend. He's been so excited. But also, how someday in the new heavens and new earth, right, we're all going to be together. I don't know if we're going to wear bow ties in heaven. I don't This metaphor may break down, right? But all the people that we love will be together. I'm also, as I do on many special occasions, I'm wearing my grandfather's ring. This was his college graduation ring, 1948. And I love to pull it out and wear it on Christmas and Easter and other times. My grandfather passed away in February of 2006. But I wear this as a sign of the time we spent together and his life, but also that I will see him again, right? It's a sign of anticipation. And those are the things that we have been talking about in this season of Advent. Now, I know last week I promised you I should have started off with this, that one of the signs uh, that God gives us is children and new births. And I said, we're going to interview a baby next week. But sadly, that baby got sick. <laughs> so we were going to interview Austin and Erica, but baby Judah came down with a fever. It's not COVID. They told me to tell you not to worry. They didn't want to risk it. His first Christmas and forcing him out with a fever to be on display for a church felt like a little much. Okay. But, um, but Dave is going to give, Dave Wagner is going to give a testimony towards the end of the sermon. So we'll have another voice and I appreciate him being willing to do that on short notice. What I want to do today is talk about three signs God gives us that we see in these stories. The sign of children, the sign of light, and the sign of peace. And I'd like you to turn to that passage in Isaiah that we began the service with. So turn to, in your pew Bible, turn to 558. Turn to 558 in your pew Bible as we talk about signs. So... Two of the biggest passages from Isaiah that we read this time of year are Isaiah 7.14, which is what we talked about last week, and that is um, the virtual of a child, you will call him Emmanuel. We talked about that. And we talked about who, who is this child that, that is going to be called Emmanuel. And we talked about it's, it's a pattern, it's kind of a layered thing. So in, a, in, a, in an immediate sense... The, the sign is Isaiah's child. So beginning of chapter 8 there, this is on page 50, 559 of your pew Bible, he writes the name, chapter 8, verse 1, of his son. The name of his son is quick to the plunder, swift to the spoil. This fulfills some prophecy that they have been given. And then he and his wife have a child. They name him that name. Okay. And then verse 18 of chapter 8, Isaiah says, Here am I. And the children the Lord has given me. 
We are signs and symbols in Israel from the Lord Almighty who dwells on Mount Zion. So his son is this child, okay? And before the child gets old, uh, when he's eating uh, curds and yogurt and all that, we talked about that last week, how that was a sign that the economy had broken down and it was a time of war and that the Assyrians were going to be coming in. But in a fulfilled sense, this child, Emmanuel, is Jesus who's going to come. So this shows us once again that these signs have an immediate thing. So my grandfather's ring has an immediate joy to me today when I wear it. But also has a future fulfilled since it's coming. In one sense, the promised child is Isaiah's son. But in another sense, it is the boy, Jesus. And we see this throughout scripture, that children are a sign to us that God is with us. We've had the great blessing to do some Christmas caroling recently for Judy, Dot, and Fran. And um, I always, always enjoy this observation when we go caroling, that the kids are always the hit, okay? <laughs> um, they love the songs, and they love seeing us adults and going around and shaking hands with them and stuff. But man, those, those folks are fired up to see children because there's so much joy in seeing children, especially you kids and teenagers, when you walk around and like shake hands with them and introduce yourself, they feel like they're meeting the Beatles or Taylor Swift, right? I mean, they just feel like they're, they're so excited because there's this joy that children bring. I have several friends that are in chaplaincy. And they have told me that one of the first things you learn when you're a chaplain, especially when you're a hospital chaplain, and you're spending a lot of time with people who are having a really bad day. And you're spending a lot of time with people that are suffering. And one of the first things you learn is you want to make frequent trips up to the new baby floor. <laughs> to just wander up there with a cup of coffee and just peer through that window and see some babies and get a smile on your face and then go back to work. Because babies and kids are just a sign of joy. We were blessed to have a bunch of my family over last night and my youngest nephew is three years old. His name is Oliver and we call him Ollie. And he was just a bundle of joy last night. And uh, we were doing kind of an activity thing and the kids were reading stuff and I said, Ollie, I just want every now and then, I'm going to say, and what is this all about? And I just want you to yell, Jesus, because he can't read yet, okay? <laughs> so we get to the point, and I'd point at him, Ollie, what's this about? He'd go, Jesus! And he would yell it, and he was so excited. And he was running around, and we kept telling him we were going to have presents. So every time we finished something, he would go, presents! And we'd be like, no, it's probably another two hours, okay? Poor kid. But he was just so excited. And I turned to my brother as he was leaving, and I was like, I had so much fun tonight being with a small, energetic child that I don't have to put to bed tonight, <laughs> right? Sometimes the kids that might bring you the most joy aren't your own, right? Okay, But kids are just this sign of joy. Kids make us smile. And we see that in the story. I love uh, later on in Luke chapter 2 when they take baby Jesus to the temple and Simeon and Anna come up at different times. And Simeon... Uh, the priest and Anna the prophetess that they both see the baby and, and they come up and they just take him in their hands and the hope they have from the baby we have these signs uh, in children and, and Dave will speak to that in just a couple minutes we also have this sign of, of light 
light is a sign. And we see that this time of year when we have the candles are representative of the light that's going to come, and the Christmas lights are representative of the lights that are going to come, and our fires in our fireplace, whether it's the digital thing on Netflix that you've done or the actual fire. And this is a symbol of the future light that is coming. Now I want you to see this in Isaiah on page 559. So I just read about from chapter 8, verse 18, how the children were signs. And let's get into this next section. We're going to get a running start to our main verse. Chapter 8, verse 19. Isaiah says, When someone tells you to consult mediums and spiritists who whisper and mutter, should not a people inquire of their God? Why consult the dead on behalf of the living? Consult God's instruction and the testimony of warning. If anyone does not speak according to this word, they have no light of dawn. Distressed and hungry, they will roam through the land. When they are famished, they will become enraged, and looking upward will curse their king and their God. Then they will look towards the earth and see only distress, darkness, fearful gloom, and they will be thrust into outer darkness. This is always the people of Israel struggling with, right? In tough times, they look for political solutions. Let's cut a deal with the Egyptians. Let's cut a deal with the Assyrians. Let's cut a deal with the northern kingdom of Israel or something. Or they try to look to prosperity or to their money. And the prophet says, when you try to look for light, and things that are not of God, all you will find is continued darkness. You will only find this light. When you give up trying to find your own solutions, your own fixes, and you, you turn to God. And here's where the symbol of light comes in. And this is a familiar passage, chapter 9, verse 1. Nevertheless, there will be no more gloom for those who are in distress. In the past, he humbled the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali. But in the future, he will honor a Galilee of the nations. And we see that as Jesus grows up. He's born in Bethlehem, but grows up in Galilee, right? By the way of the sea, beyond the Jordan. Next page, this is verse 2. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light on those living in the land of deep darkness. And this goes on to the great wonderful counselor, Mighty God verse. But it's this whole idea of light is coming. Now, do you go searching for light? In the wrong places, you may find this greater darkness. But if you say, the only, thing the only thing I want and the only thing I need is God, then the light will come. It's what Jesus will say later. If you pursue your life, you'll, you'll lose it. If you lose your life for my sake, you'll find it. And in this time, you know, once again, as Shannon and Anna Marie were talking about last week, when it's around the darkest time of the year, how can we find light? We need these small signs of hope that culminate, as Revelation says, in a place where there will never be darkness, it will always be light. We long for those signs. Yesterday, uh, I took the girls to, to a candlelight service. So I had this, this lifelong goal. When we moved here uh, from Connecticut, I was amazed how many churches were in Middle Tennessee. And I'd grown up here, but I just never really noticed it. And specifically, I was like, Franklin Road or 8th Avenue must have the most churches of any street in the world. I'm always just amazed by all the churches. So I decided, in my life, I'm going to hit all these churches eventually. <laughs> okay, So I've been steadily through my sabbatical and other things. I've been trying to knock off all these churches. And Our Savior Lutheran, I saw on their sign, they had a candlelight at, at 2 o'clock. So we went to that yesterday. Frigid cold day, right? But there is this sunlight coming through the window, like right at me. And 
And one of my great pleasures in life is, is to go to church where I have no responsibilities and no one knows me. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and I'm sitting there, and it was so cold. So, you know, all this snow on the ground, but this light is coming through the window. And I got so sleepy, not like in a sermon is boring type of thing, okay. Um, but just like, I had this cozy, sleepy feel, right, with this sunlight coming in. And I felt like, I felt like I was on the beach or something. <laughs> but I wasn't. I walked outside afterwards, I'm like, oh, it's still 15 degrees out here, okay. But it's those small signs of light. The lights on our trees, the lights in our neighborhood that give us joy that tell us that there is a great light that is coming. And then ultimately, the third sign is the sign of peace. The story of Mary and Joseph. The peace that's been given to the shepherds. That as they sat there and they held their child, it was this great sign of peace and that God is with us. Now, was it a cozy moment? No, she gave birth in a stable around animals. In a manger. Um, did she want to give birth in Bethlehem? No. She would have much rather given birth in her home, Nazareth, right? Around doctors and nurses that she would have known. She was forced by the brunt of empire to go somewhere she didn't want to go to give birth to her child. In so many ways, it wasn't peaceful. And yet, in the midst of the Pax Romana, the angels cry, Peace. It's a small dose of peace. It's a sign of peace in the sense that a greater peace is coming. That's what signs do. They don't give us the whole thing now. We talk about Jesus as the light of the world in the darkest time of the year because that teaches us to anticipate. I like to call Dave up at this point. We were talking at lunch uh, last week um, after we'd been in Isaiah 7 and talked about children as signs. And Dave is just going to share his story briefly about how sometimes when everything seems dark, there are signs take place that remind us that the light is coming. So I think uh, everyone knows we adopted Aaliyah um, in 2016. We, we started that process in 2012, so it had been just over four years that we had waited. Um, very quiet. On January 9th, I think that's right, 9th or 10th, whichever is the Saturday morning of 2016. Um, my brother called me, and I always answer when my brother calls. He didn't call very often, and his voice was shaking. My dad had died suddenly, uh, unexpectedly, and tragically. Um, got on a plane the next day. I flew to D.C., uh, stayed with my brother. Week goes by really quick after someone dies really close to you because you have a lot to do, right? You're in shock, and the long list of things you have to do keeps you going to do things like change the light bulbs in the house and um, help my stepmother dig through my dad's terribly messy office and makes my office look clean um, and find all the paperwork and do all the things we had to do, uh, go to the funeral home, reserve the room, pick out my dad's urn, all those things. Um, and just, you know, small things like run errands, etc. I wound up speaking at my dad's funeral. That was January 15th. Um, I emailed Paul and JP my, my thoughts before I did it because I was really uncomfortable speaking at a funeral, having never done it. Um, they were helpful. Uh, spoke at his funeral. Um, during that week, uh, January 11th, we got an email from 
agape, uh, we had gone four years completely dry. Right? We had updated our adoption uh, home study every year like we're supposed to. We were starting to, to worry that it wasn't going to happen. We had started in our 30s. We both turned 40 during the time. On the Tuesday after my dad died, uh, we got an email saying, hey, we know you want an infant, but we've got a three and a five-year-old that might be able to be placed if you're interested. And I had to call her and say, hey, look, my dad just died. I don't even know what's up right now. Like, I, this is not the time for us to make a decision about changing, pivoting, doing different training, et cetera, for older children. Um, but please don't take us off the list. So I come home. I'll say the first time I cried was on my way home. Um, I, a bunch of guys from Ackland drove up to the funeral um, and then drove me home. And on the way home, I just lost it. Um, I had not, I'd been too much in shock to cry that week, uh, but I really, really cried on the way home. Um, a couple of weeks after we get home, I got that call again. They said, we want to come meet with you. And Christy and I were sure, right? We're, we're 41 and 42, I think, or 40, yeah, that's about right, 40, 41. That we were sure they were going to come say, hey, you guys just aren't showing well. I'm not sure you want to keep at this. Uh, but they showed up with pictures of Aaliyah said, we have a little girl that uh, we want to place in your house. Give me a second. <laughs> and uh, I, we of course, said yes. Um, I got to hold her the first time on February 13th. And I remember for the first time in a couple of weeks, that pit in your stomach, you get an incredible grief. It feels like a black hole actually felt full. So uh, when I think about children as a sign of God's good news. Um, we got a child when I needed it most, and it shortcutted my grief in my processing. I still had to do therapy. I still had all the things that go with grief and um, trauma, but uh, it sure did shortcut a lot for me to healing uh, to have a daughter. Dropped in her lap, miraculously. I mean, three kids offered a week, within a week. Aaliyah was born literally the hour that I was speaking at my dad's funeral. So, in, in case there was any question of whether or not the timing was God-inspired, so, that's what I got. Thank you, Dave, for sharing that. I want you to soak in this moment that we are here with people that we love so much, and it's Christmas. We're sharing our deepest thoughts and our deepest griefs, but also our deepest joys and more family because of all that Jesus has done. And life's not perfect, <laughs> but this right here, what we're experiencing right now is a sign. It's a sign that complete and total joy and peace and happiness is coming and that waiting is worth it. So if you have a low point, you have a point of discouragement. Remember this moment. Remember this sign. Remember that God is with us. Jesus came once, and Jesus will come again. Merry Christmas. Let's stand and sing. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her
we are invited to this meal together to celebrate his, his presence with us. This meal that he uh, ate with his beloved, his betrayer, this meal that we eat together as brothers and sisters and brothers and sisters throughout the ages. Um, let's pray together. Almighty God, you have given your only begotten Son to take our nature upon him and to be born on this day. Grant that we who have been born again and made your children by adoption and grace may daily be renewed by your Holy Spirit. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, to whom with you and the same Spirit be honor and glory now and forever. Glad JP mentioned Simeon. We'll, we'll read about him in a couple of weeks in the gospel reading uh, and his response to, to seeing uh, the, the Christ child uh, in Jerusalem. Um, but his, his prayer is a part of, of most, um, most evening prayers in, in the Episcopal Church. And um, I think that's an appropriate response uh, as we experience the presence of Christ with each other and in this meal this morning. So let's pray together. Lord, you have now set your servant free to go in peace as you have promised. For these eyes of ours have seen the Savior, whom you have prepared for all the world to see, a light to enlighten the nations and the glory of your people Israel. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever.
God of all ages, in the birth of Christ, your boundless love for your people shattered the power of darkness. Be born in us with that same love and light, that our song may blend with all the choirs of heaven and earth. To the glory of your holy name, amen. Josephine. On the 28th, Jackie. Um, and we've got birthday twins. I always love that. Viviana and DJ on the 29th. Very exciting. Um, should note that on the 1st, we're going to have service kind of like this. It's just going to be no classes, no coffee donuts. But like, we're just going to, you know, we're going to, you know, sleep in a little bit, get in here, have a great service, and then enjoy the rest of our holiday. Um, so, but just kind of quickly, just other things to remind before uh, you guys run off. Um, just keep people in your prayers um, on, on the bulletin. Remember Little Pantry, Room at the Inns. We've got several uh, Room at the Inns coming up. Um, so just be, be thinking of that, thinking of ways you can, you can contribute. Um, there's some retreats. It's going to be great. So, but yeah, Merry Christmas. You've been listening to 900 Ackland Avenue, the podcast for the Ackland Avenue Church of Christ. If you'd like more information about our community, our church website is http colon slash slash org. Thanks again for joining us. God bless.